Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Mitzi Perdue. She is the author of How Can I Make a Difference? 52 Tips for Combating Human Trafficking. Mitzi, it's great to have you with us. I love being here, and I love the chance of telling a story that's one of the darkest stories that exists. But I'm here to say that there's hope, that there's some fantastic things that together we can work on. Yeah, and I'm excited to get into the book because this is such an important uh, topic that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, first things first, this is your 22nd book? It is, but it's but it's what I figure is, you know, it's the shortest book I've ever written, but I also think it's the most consequential because there are 40 million people, according to the United Nations, who are enslaved. And by the way, that's more people that were in, than were in the entire Atlantic slave trade. I mean, I've heard estimates that the Atlantic slave trade, I mean, it, it's almost too awful to think about, but there were 15 million people. Today, it's 40 million people. So why this topic, Mitzi? I mean, obviously, you, you, you're a writer by trade. You write a lot. Why is this topic a dark topic? There's lots of dark topics out there, sadly. Why this one? Did you feel the need to write a book and really spend some time on this? Okay. And by the way, it's not just writing a book. Uh, I'm also the founder of an organization that raises money and awareness for other anti-trafficking organizations. But why I got involved in it? Well, up until two years ago, I think I was like a whole lot of people where I had heard the words human trafficking. And they just didn't mean anything to me. But then I heard this lecture that frankly changed my life. It was on April, I guess, 19th of 2018, no, 2019, and I could never be the same after, after listening to this. And here's the lecture that I heard. It was a person telling about child sex trafficking, and it showed pictures of just terrified kids right before they were rescued, and just seeing their faces and the terror and the despair. And these kids, you know, many of them were like 12 years old, and they had been forced to have sex with strangers 10, sometimes even 20 times a night. And I, you know, I've got grandchildren that age. Oh, uh, I, they're, they're little neighbors that age. And thinking of the amount of suffering for both those, you know, the kids and their families. I, I, I couldn't unsee it. And there's a quote from Mother Teresa that I admire to the ends of the earth. And it's the following. The good that we can do, we must do. And I kind of figured if there was anything that I could do to combat this, I'd spend the rest of my life doing it. Wow, I chose. So a lecture really changed your life. Um, and you got involved in many capacities, as you said. The book is just one thing, but we're going to get into all the things you do in, um, in an effort 
um, to combat human trafficking. Um, for anyone who's not familiar, Mitzi, before we get into specifics, just lay out what does human trafficking mean? What does it encompass? All right, there are three major aspects of it. There are actually many more, but let's stick with the big three. Uh, the one that I, I would, it's hard to say that one's more horrific than the next, sure. but I'm going to nominate sex trafficking as the worst of them. There, according to the United Nations, again, there are 8 million people who are sex trafficked. That includes men, women, boys, girls. A million of them are kids. And, you know, why is it so horrific? Well, being forced to be raped night after night, 365 days a year, wow. 10 times a night. I mean, for a child, what could be worse? But added to that, a typical child, you know, the a very typical age for getting lured into it or in one way of, or another entering what they call the life, that child's lifespan is probably going to be no more than seven years. Right. They're going to commit suicide. They're going to overdose. They're going to have diseases or they'll be murdered for their organs. Okay. That's one aspect of human trafficking. Another is uh, just plain slavery somewhat reminiscent of, of what happened, you know, 150 years ago. These mm -hmm. are people and, you know, tens of millions of them who are just actual slaves. And if yeah. they try to escape, they're beaten or tortured or starved. And then the third major category is debt bondage. And that's where maybe you move to another country on promises of a great job, but you're, you can never leave that job because maybe you're paid minimum wage of some sort, but you owe so much money to the person who, who loaned you the money to get to the country. Or, I mean, it, it takes different forms, but I'm going to give you one, uh, which happens typically in massage parlors, by the way. Mm. Somebody in, uh, in Asia, China, Korea, wherever, is told, I've got a great job in the hospitality industry for you. Come to America. Wow. But you will have to uh, pay off the debt. But that's okay because you can make so much money that you can pay it off. Well, guess what? You come to this country and you don't see any of the money and you just never are able quite to pay off the debt. Right. So you're in debt bondage. So those are the three major. A minor one, uh, I actually allow me to withtrack, withdraw the word minor because for the people who are suffering from it, it's enormous. And that's child brides. So Mitzi, as you mentioned, this, this, the scope of this problem is huge. Um, let's get into the book a little bit. First off, 52 tips, very specific. Before I opened it up, I thought, you know, 52 weeks in a year. Is, it, is this one tip per year? Is there any significance to the number 52? Yeah, it, it absolutely is one a week. Uh, but then there was another part to why I had 52 tips. And uh, a very, you know, the book is very small. And the reason for that is, well, a, a quick side story. I once wrote a biography of my late husband, and I wrote it about 10 years ago. And the publisher said, we love it. It's great. Or it would have been great if you had written it 10 years earlier, but people don't have the attention span they used to. Uh, you've got to cut it down from 350 pages to 250. Well, that was 10 years ago. And it occurred to me, if people are having shorter and shorter attention spans, and I get that, uh, maybe I'd write the tips. I wouldn't write them in a great big tome. I'd write them short tips that, that you know, maybe maybe a couple of hundred words each that somebody could read. And, you know, they don't have to read a whole th through a whole book. They can see the category of tips that would be important to them. And 
And I, you know, if people want to get it, it's available on Amazon and uh, it will it will give you concrete things to do, like, for example, ways of recognizing what's going on. Or I'll, allow me to give you just one tip out of the book right off the bat. Please, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> well, suppose you see something that really does look like trafficking. Uh, what, what should you do? And the answer is, the biggest answer is what not to do. Do not try to interfere. Uh, and... You know, notify authorities, dial 911 if it looks like an immediate danger, or go to the uh, the human trafficking hotline. The Polaris organization mans that. And the reason why you don't want to do anything right off yourself is because people, uh, people who are being victimized have actually died when people tried to interfere because the traffickers, I mean, they are frankly such monsters that it doesn't bother them to bump off somebody to keep them from being a witness. Uh, so leave it to the professionals. That's How about that's some of the most important advice? C-Suite Radio. I will say you mentioned short attention span. The book is very user-friendly. Um, it's laid out, you know, organized beautifully um, just in terms of, you know, seeing a topic. Yeah, I want to hear about that. I read about that and, you know, just just guidelines of, of what you can do. And it's laid out in terms of, you know, how you can strengthen your family, how you can educate your children, um, your community. And then, you know, you go from your community to your state, your country, the world, and how you can educate yourself, you know, tips and all these categories, so to speak. Curious, um, how did you do research for the book? How did you come up with these 52 tips? Who did you consult to get all this information? Okay, I mentioned that, that I'm a writer by trade, which is how I happen to have written so many books. But uh, I'm not an expert, although by now I think I'm getting close, but I'm not an expert in human trafficking. But what I did do is, by now I've written probably 60 published articles on human trafficking. And I interview the heads of organizations, of anti-trafficking organizations. And I ask them to tell me their best tips. And I also ask them to tell me you know, the stories of how people get into it, you know, how they were lured into it, how they were tricked into it, how they were forced into it. And I also ask about the services they provide. And, you know, kind of, I, I love success stories. I, I, I want people, I mean, this is my goal. If they're reading me, I want them to be aware of how horrible it is, but I also want them to feel energized by the fact that there's a lot we can do. I mean, I really think that together, Oh, do I dare give a timetable? The United Nations hopes to have it eliminated by 2030. And yeah, we're going to have to work like crazy, but there's some wonderful things that we can do to, to, move, to move it forward, to, to get rid of this scourge. Because honest, imagine, imagine you're a mother or a father and you know that your child maybe is a runaway. Well, a trafficker is going to find that runaway probably in less than 24 hours. And they're going to say, hey, let, let's, I'm going to make up a name. Hey, Joey or Alice, uh, you know, we, we see you at the bus terminal or, or the railroad terminal. And would you like a nice hot meal, a place to stay? Somebody's going to look after you. That happens so often. And, but the pain of, of the parents who, I mean, I know parents who've been through this, knowing that that their, that their child is out in the streets in, in danger and 
you know, being beaten, starved. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost awful. awful to think about. Awful. I mean, and you mentioned, you know, one of my questions going into the book is, how do you become a victim of, of trafficking? And, you know, you mentioned how a lot of, a lot of these children are foster children, they're runaways, um, you know, where kind of where this pool of victims is coming from. I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, that doesn't happen in my backyard, human trafficking. That, that's happening on the other side of the world. Um, tell us a little bit from all the research and, and give us some insight into where this is happening and, how, and what are some of the signs? You know, how, how do I know if, if that is a sign of trafficking if I'm at a train station, right? And I, and I see some people that look suspicious. All right, the, the traffickers are actually very good at um, trying to keep it secret and undercover and have you not know that it's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, nevertheless, there are signs. And by the way, as far as I can tell, it happens pretty much in every community in the country. Really? Uh, yeah, the, where, where it happens most is big cities, like where the, where the money is. But it happens everywhere. And you asked how, how people get lured into it. Oh, there, there's so many evil ways. I mean, I was, I was at an event last night when I was talking with survivors, and I learned something that I just thought was staggering. Uh, you know, if, if you belong to an association of some sort, you probably have conventions, you have awards. I mean, there, you, you learn the latest techniques. Would you believe that traffickers have conventions? and awards where they learn the latest ways of manipulating and grooming and, and finding victims. What, yeah, and one, one of the biggest ways is on the internet. I mean, if I'll give you a hypothetical example, but how about it really reflects reality? Uh, little Janie is having terrible problems with her parents and she writes on Facebook about you know, what a monster and how bad her mommy is and there's a trafficker who's probably, you know, on an industrial scale looking through 200 Facebook entries for, for kids of, of his or her, but usually his favorite age group. And they'll, they'll lure them uh, using the internet. They'll, they'll lure them, you know, to meet them. Uh, yeah. Or, or another, another, frequent way and you know people need to know that this happens it's called boyfriending in which a slightly older boy uh, he's probably 25 but he'll tell the 14 year old girl that he's 16 uh, that you know he meets her maybe in the shopping mall or whatever and suddenly for the first time in her life she finds somebody who really understands her who understands you know the problems she's having at home and who takes her side and yeah, okay, I'm, I'm telling you a story right now that comes from a real woman. I'm gonna make up her name. This is not her name, but Mindy Meadows. Mindy told me she met this cute, cute guy in the shopping mall and you know he so understood her and pretty soon they were texting 20 times a day and this was her first love. She's madly in love with him. And you know he begins pressing her to have sex with him and she says, no, I can't do that. I'm a Christian girl, This I, I can't do it. And he said, but if you loved me, if you understood that I have needs, you'd do it. She gives in. She's madly, madly in love. And then how about he completely ignores her? He doesn't answer her texts. And she's just, you know, she's just in the outer limits of despair. And so she goes to his home and said, please love me. I'll do anything. And he answers her, okay. 
but you have to do some things because, you know, I have to pay the rent. I have to buy groceries uh, and do some things means having sex with his friends. And pretty soon, if she doesn't have sex with his friends, by the way, that means leaving her parents. Actually, her mother was, in this case, was a single woman. But the trafficker says, I know where you live. I know how old you're, I know where to find your baby brother. I'm going to kill them unless you keep having sex with everybody I tell you to. So boyfriending is, is, or another one is sexting. Uh, A guy says, yeah, makes friends with her. And he's probably doing it with hundreds of other people at the same time. But she doesn't know that that she's just one in a series. Uh, He says, you're so beautiful. Would you send me a picture uh, without your sweater on? And she does it. Oh, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. Uh, I'd really like to have a picture of you completely naked. And she doesn't want to do it, but, um, you know, she's madly in love with him. And, you know, here's this older person and she's just, you know, I'll do anything for the man I love. And then he wants to have videos of her masturbating. She draws the line. No, I cannot do that. I cannot. And he says, I've got the pictures of you completely naked and I know where you go to school. And I'm going to show these pictures to everybody else. Give me this. And, you know, it ends up with... Uh, you know, your parents are going to see this. The school's going to see it. Your Facebook friends are going to see it. And he's, he's probably bluffing, but she doesn't know this. Uh, meet me at the theater. And the next thing. Yeah, there you go. There um, you go. We're out of time. There's so much to get to, but I didn't, you know, can you share a, a couple quick tips of learning the signs? How do you, how do you know if trafficking is happening right in front of you? Uh, one of the fastest ways to tell is there's a girl who isn't dressed appropriately for the season, like particularly in winter. Uh, she's she's wearing skimpy clothes and maybe she looks afraid, terrified. Uh, that that that's one of the quickest ways. By the way, if we're running out of time, I'd sure like to talk about one of the one of the things. That, how about most important to me right now? And that is, I would like to invite everybody listening to this or watching to this to take out their cell phone because I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I want you to text W-I-N to 55312 and here's what you'll get. Uh, An invitation to hear a, a forum put on by the Fulbright Association. They're the people who do the Fulbright Scholars. We, it, this is just so great. It will be on May 11th and it's free and it's virtual. So if you go to, if you text WIN to 55312, you can sign up for this. And here's what you'll get when you do it. You'll hear some world famous experts talking about a new way of attacking human trafficking. And it's the following. I call it the Al Capone approach to trafficking, which is the following. The terrible gangster Al Capone is responsible for dozens of murders, but they could never get him. They could never get a witness to talk against him because he'd wipe them out. So instead, they used his financial records uh, and they put him behind bars for life uh, for financial crimes. Well, the possibility exists of doing exactly the same thing to really put a dent in human trafficking because it's a $150 billion a year industry, which means that there's enormous possibility of, of getting people for financial crimes. And I think this is the most 
as far as I can tell, the most hopeful approach to really slowing down human trafficking. And there's a lot that individuals can do. But but come to the May 11th forum. And I'd love to have you come. And and you know, the more the bigger the numbers that come, the the better off we all are. Because I want a groundswell like during when we ended slavery in this country, or at least well, 150 years ago when we ended it, there was a groundswell of oper- of just plain opposition to slavery. We need to get to the same place for modern slavery. And, the, and a way to start is, again, it's text WIN, W-I-N, to 55312. Yes. And I did want to mention, you know, this is a very dark topic, but there are survivors of human trafficking. And you support um, our survivors campaign effort. Can you tell everybody real briefly what that is? Okay. Uh, Win This Fight, which is the organization that I founded, our premise is that we raise money, not for ourselves, but for other anti-trafficking organizations and support our survivors. What that's about is we give $20,000 checks to anti-trafficking organizations that help restore for the most part, it, it's turning out to be women, but certainly men would be eligible also. But if you if you have been victimized by trafficking and you've gotten out of it, uh, your odds of going right back into it are huge unless somebody gives you, well, how about medical care, psychological counseling? Uh, very often, if, if a child began at 12, she, you know, she doesn't have a good education, she can't keep a job. So they'll, they'll, they'll help people get their GED. They'll help people with uh, older, older people with job skills and job training. Uh, so we, we support organizations that restore people who've been through trafficking so that once they're out of it, they can stay out. So Mitzi, tell us a little bit about how people have been supporting the fight so far. It's been fantastic because there are people who really care about this. And I was in Taiwan uh, in 2019, and I was I was going around collecting uh, donations, but I collect donations of tangible property, like jewelry or fabulous antiques. And when I was in Taiwan, I met this man who whose background is, his family were the hereditary curators of the Qing Dynasty jewelry collection. And uh, he asked me, he said, you know, the cartel, they're not going to like what you're doing, the uh, the trafficking cartels. He said, aren't you afraid they're going to murder you? And I said, just absolutely from the heart without thinking about it. I just blurted out. I said, I'm 78 years old. I believe in this, co- this cause and I don't care. Well, the man got up, walked behind his chair and there in a wall that had been covered by a curtain was, you know, he pulled it aside and there's a safe and he you know, manipulates the dials in the safe, reaches in and brings out what turns out to be a 69.7 carat ruby. And to give you a feeling of the size of it, I'm holding up a ring right now. This ring, that's five carats. And, and how about it's worth a lot? <laughs> now, what must a 69 carat perfect ruby that has the history of for 300 years belonging to Chinese emperors. And he, he gave it because 
because he believes in combating human trafficking. All right, well, Mitzi, I just wanna thank you so much um, for your time and of course, writing this just oh so important book on this topic that um, more people need to be talking about. You know, This conversation is so important and, and we need to get, get the word out there. So thank you for being with us and thank you for writing it. And we look forward to, to the next book. Thank you so much. It's been a joy to be on. And I love the opportunity to say that dark as this subject is, it's also brimming with hope because there are new ways of attacking it. And I'd invite everybody to be part of it. Yeah, that's really important to know. It is a dark topic, but there is hope. And, and, that's, and that's what you're trying to achieve, hopefully by 2030, fingers crossed. If you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winter-Brill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard? Visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.